Good morning, and welcome to On Target, a radio ministry of Village Bible Church in Hot Springs Village. We are located near the Coronado Center at 100 Ponderosa Way. Our Sunday morning service starts at 9.15 a.m. We hope you will enjoy and benefit from the sermon you will hear this morning. Now sit back and relax as you listen to a message by Senior Pastor Dr. Jason Lancaster. Perhaps you have heard of the phrase, going through the motions. The phrase is often referred to religious activities, like people show up to church and they go through the motions of singing and praying and giving and listening to the sermon, and yet their heart is not in it. But let me tip you off that if you're going through the motions of worshiping the Lord on Sunday morning, you are likely going through the motions of serving the Lord the rest of the week because your life is connected. If you're offering up half-hearted worship here this morning, chances are that your joy in the Lord is half-hearted during the week. If you are barely paying attention to the word of God this morning, then chances are that you are not obeying or seeking the Lord through his word during the week. And if your giving is half-hearted on Sunday morning, chances are that your giving during the week of serving others, loving others is half-hearted as well. Because all of life is worship. What happens in here happens out there And what happens out there happens in here because all of life is connected. And if you're going through the motions in here, you're going through the motions out there and vice versa. That is not a fun way to live. And I was talking to my children about this last night of going through the motions as we did family worship. That I, as a pastor, can do that. Just just show up. Just read the Bible. Just pray. My heart's not in it. They can do that as children. You as older adults can do that as well. But let's all agree that life is too short to go through the motions. Life is way too short to waste our time coming to church if our heart is not in worship in the Lord. Life is way too short to act like we care if we don't. But life is also too short to waste our time and not serving the Lord, waste our lives and not serving the Lord, waste our everything in going through the motions. And that's what we're going to see this morning in this difficult and challenging Malachi text is that the church, if you want to say that, Israel at this time, the priest, along with the people, were going through the motions of serving the Lord, and the Lord rebukes them aggressively. And that's what we're going to see in this Malachi chapter 1, bleeding over to Malachi chapter 2. It's something called a disputation. And the disputation we're looking at today is disputation number 2. And it's called failing to bring God honor. Disputation number 2, failing to bring God honor. Now, this section is mainly aimed at the leaders of Israel, the priests, but it's also a scathing rebuke of judgment of the people. 
as they are just going through the motions. Let's jump in. Malachi chapter 1, verse 6. Look at it. A son honors his father and a servant his master. Then if I am a father, where is my honor? And if I'm a master, where is my respect? Says the Lord of hosts to you, O priest, who despise my name. But you say, how have we despised your name? Now, this is a typical pattern of the disputations in Malachi. God rebukes them, and the people say, but, 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 but. They push back on God, and then God pushes back on them. And in this context, the charge is that the Israelites have been like rebellious children, and they are just going through the motions of despising God's name, showing up for church at the temple, going through the motions. Their heart is not in it. And basically what's going on is that they are saying, if you want to write anything down, let's write this down. They are saying, God is not great. God is not great. They may theologically believe that he's great, but they look at their circumstances and they're saying God is not great because if God was great, we would not be under the rule of the Persians. If God was great in this vast Persian empire, we wouldn't have this dinky piece of land. If God was great, we would not be going through drought right now. Our crops would not be dying. But God is not great. Now, I think theologically, we would all say God is great. We agree with his word. But sometimes we look at our circumstances and we say, what are you doing, God? I prayed for something. You didn't give it to me. My circumstances are tough. What are you doing? You're not coming through. And so theologically, we may affirm in our heads and our hearts that God is great. And yet there is something going on that is despising his name. And that's what they're talking about right here. But the thing is, with the priest, they're clueless. They want a further explanation. They want specifics on how they have despised God's name. It's like when you call out your kids, and they are clearly in trouble. And they're like, what? What did I do? That's what the priests are doing right here. Verse 7. God explains, you are presenting defiled food upon my altar, but you say, how have we defiled you? In that you say, the table of the Lord is to be despised. But when you present the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? And when you present the lame and sick, is it not evil? Why not offer it to your governor? Would he be pleased with you or would he receive you kindly, says the Lord of hosts? I'm going to explain this to you. This is what's going on. This is how the priests have failed to bring honor to God. All right? So they're the priest. You're like, what did priests do back then? Well, a lot of times they made sacrifices that people would bring of animals, of sacrifices to God. And the way they are despising the altar, and the God calls it a table, you know, picture an altar, is that they are sacrificing animals that are lame, blind, or sick. That really should discourage you and disrupt you because they're supposed to be 
sacrificing perfect animals that are of value to show the worshiper's heart to the Lord. But people are bringing in these lame and sick and blind animals, and the priests are like, that's good enough, and they just throw it on the altar, and it is a sacrifice that despises the Lord, that is in a sense saying, God is not great. And I like how God's like, oh, why don't you just give that to your governor? Do you think he would take that? No, he would not. So why in the world would I take that? He continues, verse 9. But now, will you not entreat God's favor that he may be gracious to us? With such an offering on your part, will he receive any of you kindly, says the Lord of hosts. Oh, that there were one among you who would shut the gates that you might not uselessly kindle fire on my altar. I am not pleased with you, says the Lord of hosts, nor will I accept an offering from you. Not only does a sacrifice that is tainted not elicit the favor of God, but God wants them to shut the whole system down. It's like putting a sign on our church door that says church closed. Why is the church closed? Is because you're in a pandemic or you're going through a virus? No, no, the church is closed because we are going through the motions. That's what God's saying. He said, you might as well just shut the whole system down because you're going to bring me these lame, junky sacrifices, not valuing my worth. Let's shut the whole thing down. And you may wonder, well, if we shut the church, if we shut the temple, then how is God going to be praised? Oh, God will take care of his praise. Look at verse 11. For from the rising of the sun, even to its setting, My name will be great among the nations. And in every place, incense is going to be offered to my name. And a grain offering that is pure for my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord of hosts. Don't you love that? God's like, okay, you're not going to give me praise? Israel, you're not going to follow me? Watch what I do. I'm going to bring someone along who's going to incite praise among the nations. It's future looking to the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And you were living in that time where the nations are worshiping the Lord. Those who follow Jesus Christ scattered throughout the world, no matter what nation they are in, they are bringing praise to God from the east to the west. The followers of Jesus Christ are bringing praise to God. Where Israel failed through Jesus Christ, praise is coming to the Father all around the world right now. It's prophetic. It's looking forward. So let the nations continue to proclaim that God is great. But back to the priest. Look what God says, verse 12. But you are profaning it, and that you say, the table of the Lord is defiled. And as for its fruit, its food is to be despised. You also say, my, how tiresome it is. And you disdainfully sniff at it, says the Lord of hosts. And you bring what was taken by robbery and what is lame or sick. You may bring the offering. Should I receive that from your hand, says the Lord? But cursed be the swindler who has a male on his flock and vows it, but sacrifices a blemished animal to the Lord. For I'm a great king, says the Lord of hosts, and my name is feared among the nations. God's like, I'm the king of kings. I'm the Lord of all. I'm a great king as be feared among the nations. I'm king of kings. I'm king with all under kings under me. And here you are showing up, 
presenting these junky sacrifices. In fact, you're presenting sacrifices that people stole from other people. And sometimes you have a good animal and you're bringing me the junky animal. And so God is rebuking them, rebuking them, rebuking them. And you know what the priests do? They yawn. And look what they say. Look again where it says in verse 13. This is exactly what they say when they're talking about God is not great. Look at verse 13. My, how tiresome it is. What if I showed up here on Sunday morning and said, man, this is, this is tiresome. This is weariness. What, what are we doing? This is, this is boring. I'm not into this. Well, let's just kind of go to the motions. And like, oh, you got a sacrifice? Okay, let's plop it on the table. Oh, it looks like this animal's blind or lame. Who cares? Let's just go through the motions here. It's like, here's the deal. The priest and the people have an agreement of indifference, right? An agreement of indifference. Like, you bring me your junkie sacrifice. I won't say anything. I'll sacrifice it, and we'll just continue on. It's like you and me, right? Let's just come to this agreement of indifference. All right, here, let's make a deal. I'll dispense religious goods and services. You pay my mortgage and feed my family. Deal? I'll tell you whatever you want to hear. I'll compromise whatever you want me to compromise. We'll just make this deal. I'll get up here, dispense religious goods and services, and you feed my family, and we're going to be all right, all right? God's like, no deal. Because he's like, the standard is myself. That's God. God's standard is himself. And when we compromise his standards, we come into this indifferent agreement where we're saying, we'll just go through the motions and God will interject himself in any church that is doing that. And he's going to say, absolutely not. We will not go to the motions and just giving God the least when he is great and deserves the most. These priests may shrug, they may compromise, they may be guilty of dividing the greatness of God, but God the King is not done with them. Look at chapter 2. Look at chapter 2. And now this commandment is for you, O priest. Gives them a chance. If you do not listen, and if you do not take it to heart, underline the word heart, if you do not take it to heart, to give honor to my name, says the Lord of hosts, that I will send the curse upon you and I will curse your blessings. And indeed, I have cursed them already because you are not taking it to heart. Underline heart again. God is calling the priests to give honor to his name, but not just through ritualistic sacrifices, but from the heart. He says, take it to heart to give honor to my name. God is not rebuking them and saying, hey, get your act together. Now just go through the motions and do the right thing. He's not calling them to duty. He's calling them to devotion. And I want to make sure you get this. I want to make sure that you understand the point of this sermon is not to get you to sing louder or to get you to give more money or to get your nose in the book more. That's, that's not the point. The point is not to get you to go out of here and work as hard as you can doing your duty for God. No, 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 no. God is calling them and us to devotion as a response to his love. My brothers and sisters, God says at the beginning of this book, I have loved you. And I am his mouthpiece to you this morning to say that he loves you. 
He loves you so much that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die a brutal sacrifice bearing the wrath of God in your place. He was buried and he rose again. And through faith in him, you can be reconciled to God. That is love. And you are to use that love to spur you on to devotion. Do not think this sermon is about getting your act together, jumping through hoops so God will be impressed. That is not the gospel. The gospel is God has given us his son, Jesus. He's expressed his love to us and our hearts are to respond with devotion. Tim Keller puts it like this. We're not talking about religion. Religion says, I obey, therefore I'm accepted. Gospel says, I'm accepted, therefore I obey. I want you to understand that. We're not trying to get you to do religious stuff so God will accept you. It's not what this is about here. It's about understanding that you've been redeemed in Jesus. You are accepted, therefore you obey. That's the gospel. Keller also says, religion says motivation is based on fear and insecurity. And the gospel says motivation is based on grateful joy. God wants us to honor his name from a changed heart. It's not about duty. It's about devotion. Now we're about to look at something that is going to be rather gross because they're not listening to God. And this is just going to be gross. So I'm just going to read it to you and explain what it says. Verse 3. Behold, I'm going to rebuke your offspring, and I will spread refuse on your faces the refuse of your feast, and you will be taken away with it. Then you will know that I have sent this commandment to you, that my covenant may continue with Levi, says the Lord of hosts. There is no future for these priests or their descendants if they continue in this tainted worship. And God says he is going to figuratively spread dung, poop on their faces from their offenses. You think about the animals being brought in for sacrifice. All the dung is to be removed and kept out of the altar. And God's like saying, you have such tainted my worship. I'm going to take the poop, smear it on your face, and I'm going to remove you from worship. That is brutal, striking language of how corrupt these priests are. And what they are is what's going to be smeared on their faces as they are removed. And it was never supposed to be like this. Levi, all of his descendants were, going to be, were supposed to be these, these priests who honored God through their acts of worship. And they blew it. And that was not God's original intent for Levi and his descendants. Look look what God says in in verse 5. Here's some of the original intent. Verse 5. My covenant with him was one of life and peace. Yes, I gave them to him as an object of reverence. So he revered me and stood in awe of my name. True instruction was in his mouth and unrighteousness was not found on his lips. He walked with me in peace and uprightness and he turned many back from iniquity. For the lips of a priest should preserve knowledge and men should seek instruction from his mouth for he is a messenger of the Lord. Oh, that's the original intention. That's it. Priests were not only to offer the right sacrifices, but they were to walk with God. 
They were not just to offer instruction, but they were to live a life of integrity, holiness, and stand in awe of his name. What this is saying to me is that, hey, Jason, guess what? You're just not the preacher. You're just not to give counsel. You're just not to pray with people. You are to walk with me. This is instructive for all of you. As you minister to others, it's just not about your acts of ministry. Your heart is to walk with God. Parents, if you're raising your kids, the point is not just to drop them off at children's church and youth group and think that you've done your duty. No, no, no. You are to walk with God, and out of walking with God will be the overflow of your heart will lead your children. The same with you teaching Bible studies in here. Don't just go out and give, give out the information, the content. You are to walk with God. You, you get that? God wants his ministers to walk with him. It's just not about going through the motions. It's having a heart changed, and out of that heart changed, overflows to others. That was the intent. But it didn't go so well. Unfortunately, the priests of Malachi's day were totally opposite. And we finish up here on another sour note, verses 8 and 9. But as for you, you have turned aside from the way. You have caused many to stumble by the instruction. You have corrupted the covenant of Levi, says the Lord of hosts. So I also have made you despise and abase before all the people, just as you are not keeping my ways, but are showing partiality in instruction. They have totally corrupted the covenant of Levi. And so God is going to expose them before all the people and bring them down. The end. Can we please have a faithful priest? Can we please have a priest that comes through can we please have a priest that upholds the law? Can we please have a priest that represents us before the Father? And the answer is, we do have one. We have the great high priest, Jesus Christ, who kept all the commandments perfectly, who represents us before the Father, not only as the one making the sacrifice, but as the sacrifice. We have the great high priest that can reconcile us to the Father through faith. And here's the best part. We have a great high priest who takes people like me and you who say, God is not great. And he forgives us through his life and death and resurrection. And he changes our hearts. And now we're saying, how great is our God? That happened to me at 19 years old. He took me from a guy who was profaning his name. I was, a, I was a counselor at a Christian camp, going through the motions, reading the Bible, not knowing God at all, living an immoral life, and he invaded my life. The great priest changed me, and I was saying, God is not great, and he changed me into a different person, and now I'm like, well, how great is our God? Has the priest invaded your life? Has the great high priest Jesus Christ showed you through his sacrifice and his death and resurrection that you could be reconciled to the Father. And this priest still changes our lives today when we are going through the motions. And I know some of you may be in a season right now. Maybe you've been in a season where you have just not been into it. What I mean by that is your heart has not been connected with God. You find the Bible boring. You're here this morning. You're just kind of going through the motions. Are you supposed to just say, all right, now tell me what to do. 
Well, let me just tell you this. Let me tell you how much God loves you. He loves you so much he sent his son Jesus. And you're to respond to his love, not by jumping through more hoops, by having your heart aligned with his, by responding to his love. And even though you may be going through a season where you be kind of numb, apathetic, going through the motions, if you respond to his love this morning, you can be one who is transformed from saying, God is not great, into saying, how great is our God? And you can respond right now. Let's just all pray. Let's, let's pray. Let's do that. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. And you may have claimed to be a Christian your whole life. And you may have had a time in your life where you responded to the Lord. But you know that you are off right now. Just tell them, say, Lord, I have been so distracted. I've been so off. I've been ensnared in sin. I've been doing foolish things. Just tell them right now what's been going on. You've been living a life that's proclaimed that God is not great. You need the high priest to forgive you. Ask for forgiveness. Look to the cross. Ask for forgiveness and his cleansing. Receive his forgiveness by faith. And maybe you're here listening this morning online or here, and you you've really have never, ever thought God is great. You've been doing your own thing. Today's the day to repent and put your faith in Jesus, the great high priest for forgiveness. Right now, you can do that. You can confess your sins and know that he is faithful to forgive you. Lord, let us ask right now you would turn us into a people more and more who proclaim that you are great, that you are our great God. May we not despise you. May we not think this is weary. May we not go through the motions. But right now, may we proclaim your greatness from our hearts. We hope you enjoyed this message. It was preached recently at Village Bible Church. You can hear this message or let others know about it by visiting our website at vbchsv.org or call us at 922-0404. Meanwhile, have a blessed day as you walk along the way, guided by God's Word.